Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the seventh episode of Coding Fix. If you are new to the show, hey, welcome. Very happy to have you here. And if you've been here for a while, welcome back. This episode is going to be an interesting one. Now, I had originally planned for episode seven to be all about data structures. However, I have been seeing a fairly significant trend online, which felt like it warranted some real discussion. Kind of not unlike our QA episode, actually, but uh, not about games this time. Also, for those who have been keeping an eye on the schedule, you will note that this episode is coming a bit later than normal, actually two weeks later. Uh, that was for reasons that will come up in a future episode, but for now, welcome to this one. Let's just kind of dive right in. So. While our QA discussion before came out of the gaming world, today's comes out of the world kind of at large. Between investors and artists and more, crypto has become a topic at the center of much discussion lately, and much heated discussion actually. Particularly, people have been taking a stand against the environmental impacts regarding how much energy and power it takes to perform the necessary computation for things like cryptocurrency and NFT art. And I think that discussion is one which is absolutely worth having. However, that will not be the focus of today's episode. What we will be talking about is something else that I've seen come up quite a bit in the discussions surrounding crypto and NFTs and things of that nature. And that's people talking about blockchain's role in all of this, but not wholly understanding it. So this is just going to be an opportunity for us to kind of break down the technology behind blockchain, what it is, and hopefully just kind of contextualize it. Not to say it's good nor it's bad, just to contextualize it. Now, we won't be diving too deep into the weeds on this stuff. We won't be talking about implementation details or, you know, things of that nature, but we will just be trying to understand what blockchain is. I'll try to keep it from being too technical. So uh, if you're new to the show again and you don't know that much about technology, this should hopefully be fairly approachable. And if you do know technology well but don't know much about blockchain, this is also going to be great for you because it's a weird technology because it goes against what we traditionally think of in computer science. Now, let's start by talking about something that seems unrelated but is actually incredibly related, and that is a database. Get it? Related? Relational databases, haha. <laughs> um, so whether or not you know it, you are probably using databases every day of your life. They are a central part of our journey through technology, really. So let's contextualize databases just a little bit here and how you might use them. If you have ever gone to a website and signed up for an account and given it your username and password and your date of birth and all those, those things that you fill in, then you have used a database because as soon as you hit save and you are then able to log back in, that information has been stored in a database to later be retrieved. So it stores your username, it stores your password with an asterisk here. It doesn't actually store your password if it's a good website, but anyways. Uh, and you know, it stores your birthday, it stores your name, it stores your favorite cat, whatever. That all gets stored in a database and we are able to query it. We are able to say, hey, can you give me this information for Joe Bob? Uh, okay, yeah, we see Joe Bob here. They are 270 years old, and their favorite cat is a calico. Great. 
And that lives there, that lives there forever. That's the nature of a database, is for us to have persistent storage that we can access readily. And again, it's used all over the place. It's used in websites, it's used in apps on your computer. Honestly, you can probably even find them in your fridge and your dang toaster these days. <laughs> they're everywhere. However, while they're great, while they're ubiquitous, and while we use them all the time, there is one major downfall to any database. And this goes for relational databases, which we call SQL databases most of the time, non-relational, NoSQL document databases. All of them have this same Achilles heel. And that is that there's usually only one of them. So this becomes a vector of attack for a lot of hackers. Uh, this becomes a single point of failure for a website. So for example, um, if you sign up for a website, you use your username, you use your password, and someone else gets that, all they have to do is use your username and use your password, and they're in. Now. We have started to come up with ways around this. There is uh, what's called two-factor authentication, which, hey, just aside, use two-factor authentication always. <laughs> if it's an option, you always want to use it. This, this, that's, I'm, I'm going to die on that hill. Anyways, it's always going to be querying the one database. There is one source of truth. If the username matches the password in that database, it is allowing entry. That's as simple as it is. That is how a database works. And that is actually not a positive thing, unfortunately. Because, like we said, this has necessitated two-factor authentication. And just in case you don't know what two-factor authentication is, let's just give that a little bit of time. So we put in our username, we put in our password, and that is correct. However, it does not yet authenticate us what it does is it sends a message to a second way of identifying us. That could be a text message to your phone. That could be an email to your registered email address. Just another way to just confirm that you are who you say you are. Because if someone gets a hold of your username and password and they try to log in and then they hit that barrier but they don't have access to your phone or your email address, then hey, they're locked out. Great. That's perfect. But it can still be defeated. It's not foolproof. Like, it's good. It's definitely a lot better than, you know, not having that. And again, use two-factor authentication. But we can do better. And honestly, that's what blockchain aims to do, is it aims to stop us from having to rely on the single source of truth. So... At its core, blockchain is kind of a database. Kind of. I'm going to kind of give that an asterisk here because if we go deeper, it's not exactly a database, but for the sake of this conversation, it's basically a database. But rather than having all of the source of truth be in our single database that lives somewhere on a server, instead what we're doing is we're distributing that. So on my computer... I have the username and I have the password, and I also have a log of everything we've ever done up until that point. Everything has an audit trail. We can look from the start of when this piece of information existed to present and see every step in between to confirm that yes, all of this is correct, all of this is what we expect. Now, 
the information there is usually encrypted. It's usually not just showing your password or anything like that, but it is an audit, an audit trail, if you will. However, having that just on your computer, that's just a database. But the moment we add a second chain into the blockchain, we can check our answers. We can check and make sure that the records we have on our computer are exactly the same as what's on the second computer. And if they are, then we're saying, yep, that is correct. Keep going or add the new information or, you know, uh, sell this coin to another person and make sure that gets updated in both of those logs. That is essentially what blockchain is. And you start really seeing the advantages of this when you start having 10 computers, 100 computers, 1,000 computers. It makes things extremely secure because there's no longer one source of truth. Instead, what is gating the access, what is gating the correctness of the information you're working with is the correctness of the information you're working with. As soon as there's a discrepancy with one of those other ones, hey, something is wrong here, we're not pushing that through. And that is actually extremely valuable. And that technology is actually great. We are seeing it being used by very legitimate large organizations. It is being used by banks, uh, very traditional banks, I should say, old ones, not just the newfangled ones. It is being used to track wildlife and patterns of things like salmon. It is being used in medical data. It is being used in music royalties. We're seeing it all over the place. We're seeing it for personal identification and security. We're seeing it for voting. And honestly, it's excellent for all of those purposes because it is so secure and it is so reliable. Now, I'm kind of willing to go out on a limb here and say that its use in these use cases is fairly justified. And honestly, I think these industries are better for it, especially the medical industry. Uh, if you've ever had to deal with medicine or tracking things like HIPAA, oof, there's a lot that you have to do to make sure that information is secure. So the fact that blockchain is so secure and that we're able to guarantee that the data is correct is hugely important. Now, this brings us to the major topic of debate with regards to the blockchain. And that is that, yes, it is also used for cryptocurrency. And yes, it is also used for NFT. The reason for it should hopefully be pretty obvious by this point. It's because the information is guaranteed to be valid and also guaranteed to be secure. One person could not make one change to their instance of the blockchain and then have it affect everything else. It just doesn't work that way. And that is what legitimizes it as a form of currency because we have consistency and we're able to verify it across multiple units. These forms of currency and this form of information tracking honestly couldn't really happen with a traditional database because of that single source of truth which can be altered or messed with or can be considered unreliable just because of external factors we can't we can't rely on that and that is why cryptocurrencies rely on blockchain and nft it's its own thing uh the reason it exists is to ensure that it is the single source of truth for whatever the piece of art is um 
Whether or not that has merit, that is definitely up for debate. However, I hope that you can start to see that the technology that backs these things, especially the medical versions and the banks and personal identification and just things of that nature, they are all legitimate. And the application of blockchain is actually what is most important. So with the case of cryptocurrency, it is legitimate. And the technology behind it is actually pretty smart. But it comes down to the application. It comes down to how much resources it takes to actually create this. Um, the topic behind that is probably a little deeper than I want to get right now, but essentially what cryptocurrency is doing, what people are doing when you hear things like mining Bitcoin or things of that nature, is they are using compute units like a graphics processor, GPU or CPU, mostly GPU. Um, and what they're doing is decrypting them. As these cryptocurrencies get older and they continue to evolve, the decryption takes longer and it takes more compute, which is why it takes so much energy. Now, again, I'm not going to dive too deep into this topic just because I just wanted to give it that context, but I'm going to at least put myself a little bit out there and say that blockchain is not evil. It is just the technology that's behind some things that are questionable. It's much like saying, if we had a database, a Postgres database, that was being used by a really terrible group of people, terrorists or racists or whatever, that are organizing to do bodily harm to other humans, I don't think we would demonize Postgres for its existence there. We would instead want to investigate the people and how they are organizing and what they are organizing not necessarily the technology they're using to do so. And I think that's probably about as hard on the line as I'm going to stand, uh, just because I do think that there's a lot of legitimate applications of blockchain. I think there are legitimate conversations to be had surrounding things like crypto and NFTs and their use of blockchain, but I just want to reiterate that I don't believe that blockchain itself as a technology is inherently evil. I am actually quite excited to see where it will take us, and I do think it's going to be a significant part of the future technology that we will all be using, and frankly, a lot of us already are using. Again, if you use a major bank these days, there's a very high likelihood that your information is stored using blockchain. So I think for today, we're going to leave the topic here and I would love to hear your feedback. I would love to hear your questions, comments, concerns, just your thoughts on this topic because it is an important one and it is one that we should be considering. It's one we should be thinking about and we should be kind of establishing how we feel about it. I know how I feel and while I haven't explicitly said it, I imagine you can probably intuit it from <laughs> what I was presenting. So if you do have questions, if you do have comments, please feel free to send me an email at coding at fix.space. That's C-O-D-I-N-G at F-Y-X dot space. Uh, you can get hold of us on Twitter over at fixpodcasts with an F-Y-X. And hey, leave us a review anywhere you can. Podchaser, iTunes, wherever you may desire. It helps us get the show in front of more people. And it also, you know, makes us feel great. So... <laughs> 
Again, thank you for joining me for episode seven. It was a bit of a short one, and it was just kind of more of an informational one than a real lesson, but I hope that it helped contextualize blockchain to you if you were not previously privy to it. Next time, we will be talking all about data structures. Uh, So if you're ready for more kind of lesson-based learning, that will be coming up next. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. And no matter the case, thank you again for listening. It is super appreciated. And I hope you have a great day.